Welcome to the Psychology World Podcast with me, Conor Whiteley. Psychology student and international best-selling psychology author of over 30 psychology books, bringing you the latest psychology news, fascinating psychology topics and more each week. If you want to learn more, then please check out connorwhiteley.net forward slash books. And don't forget to like and subscribe to the YouTube video or follow on your favourite podcast app. And here's the show. Hi everyone and welcome to episode 192 of the Psychology World Podcast with me, Connor Whiteley. And today's episode is on 5 Myths About Suicide. And it's Saturday the 18th of February 2023 as I record this. So today's episode, it might sound like a dark topic, something a bit depressing, but this is such a critical topic that I just love because suicide, they're filled with so many dangerous myths I hate with a passion, but um, this is actually a like, excerpt from my brand new suicide psychology book. And it's the first half of a chapter, but this is just so critical to understand. And the way that we talk about it in like today's episode is not depressing. We do acknowledge that this can be a dark topic, but basically this entire podcast episode is about acknowledging that suicidal people, they are not bad people and that they seriously need our help. So the entire point of like today's episode is just to try and like dispel some of these really dangerous myths that I just hate. Just so we can start learning more about the truth about suicide. So I love this episode, I really really do and I hope you do too. So moving on to the psychology news section, we're reading from the British Psychological Society Research Digest. And the first one is, new podcast. How to face grief. Grief is a universal egg experience, one which affects every individual differently. A grieving person might feel guilty, listless, frightened or angry, and at a time when they most need support, the bereaved might find people turning away from them, not really knowing how to talk to them about their feelings and the person they've lost. So how can we learn to better cope with grief? in ourselves and in others. In episode 32 of the Psych Crunch podcast, we speak to experts who are working to help us understand how people process grief and what can be done to support those who are grieving. So this is a podcast episode that I've actually got to um, listen to and to be honest, I think I should actually like subscribe to the Psych Crunch podcast but taking a sort of like wider look at this, we have looked at grief before on the podcast. So if you yourself are grieving or if you know someone that does, I really do recommend the backlist of the podcast. But when it comes to facing grief, you really do need the human connection. And even though it's been ages since I've looked at a grief, I think the main takeaways are you've got to be around people you've got, you've absolutely got to talk about your feelings, even though um, manly culture and all of that traditional rubbish says that you shouldn't. Well, they're wrong, shocking, I know. (laughs) 
but you really have just got to talk about your feelings. You cannot be isolated and you cannot be alone. And also as human beings and as friends and family members, if we know someone is grieving, we really have got to help them. We really have got to check on them and just try to be good people. Because even though the grief might not affect us personally, it still affects other people that we love. So I suppose we could potentially underestimate just how much grief that person could be going through. There's just something to think about. What do you think? So the second one is, here's how to feel more alert in the mornings. I think tons of people could feel like that. Sometimes we wake up feeling alert, alive and ready to face the day. Whilst other mornings we struggle to pull back the duvet and get out of bed. Now a new study has identified a number of factors that impact both how we wake up and how alert we feel for the rest of the morning. And the good news is that they are almost all things we can control. The team finds that people were more alert if they had got, if they had done more physical activity the previous day, slept for longer, or eaten a breakfast high in carbohydrates. Puppison's genetics, on the other hand, seem to play little role in their alertness. So this is just a great study, I think, and something that is really important to actually think about. Personally, when I wake up in the mornings around 7am, I sort of, I don't lay there. I sort of go on my phone for a bit and I'm sure there's tons of our listeners thinking, no, you shouldn't do that. <laughs> but I do. It's a terrible habit, I know. And then sort of like 20 minutes later, I sort of like get up. Plus, to make it even worse, I do check the news first thing in like, the mornings uh, because um, I live with like my parents, they tend to have like, um, the news on if they're up before me, which is almost always because they go to work earlier. Just so I'm sort of like prepared for what's like going on. <laughs> I don't know if it works because the news doesn't really depress me because I just find it interesting. So even though it sort of takes me 20 minutes and so I really have to like get up, I am relatively alert, but I know that tons of people aren't. So it's really good that we now have some ways to actually think about it and we can actually improve our alertness. But I would say physical activity is definitely like the easiest way. And of course, getting your eight hours of sleep or however many you're meant to get in your age category. I know it varies. So the last one is study explores what it's like to experience autistic burnout. Oh okay wow that's really interesting. We've heard a lot about burnout in recent years as people suffer from exhaustion after working long hours to make ends meet or deal with the long-term effects of the COVID pandemic. But for autistic people, there are additional challenges of living in a world largely designed by and for neurotypical people. Coping with this world, world that can be exhausting and that can lead to a debilitating con condition known as autistic burnout. So far, there has been little research into autistic burnout. 
it's still unclear what kind of stresses are most likely to lead to the condition. For example, or how long or frequent burnout episodes typically are. However, new work looking at the experiences of people with autistic burnout seeks to improve our understanding of the phenomenon and presents a step towards developing better strategies for prevention and support. So, so I'm not actually going to go into the article anymore but there is a slightly like wider point there that I actually want to make uh, make though because first of all or oh, I think I think it's been in the last 10 episodes we looked at what is spoons theory and if you want to understand more about autism that's a brilliant podcast episode if I do say so myself because of that looks at um, autism about how draining life can be uh, yeah but can be like sometimes uh, that's really interesting and it's even more interesting that we're actually starting to look at autistic burnout and this is what I actually love about this podcast is that yes I'm always learning but I'm always learning about stuff that I'm passionate about about that work because even though I love autism and learning about it I had no idea there was such a condition called autistic burnout so you really do learn stuff every day it's great that we are always, always expanding our knowledge and our horizons. So really interesting. So I hope you enjoy the psychology news section. So let's move on to the personal update. So moving on to the personal update. So there's not a great amount of that's been going on like this week well that I can actually tell you about because even though I've been doing a tons of like outreach work like at the university I've been doing like data collection and like tons of essay stuff I'm really glad that I've managed to finish an essay in a week and I might finish it off like um the afternoon but there's actually not a lot that I, that I can actually tell you about that would actually be interesting though First of what I can mention is that thankfully, and I really mean thankfully, because data collection is a done, which has been like so much fun. But we will now be moving on to data analysis. And this is definitely going to be one of the hardest bits for me personally, because I'm sure if there's any psychology students listening to the podcast, that you've been using our studio for ages. I've never learned that I've never been taught that because it seemed like there was a shift from SPSS to RStudio over the course of my idea degree because I did a placement year I've now joined a cohort that's only used R so I could use SPSS but I do want to learn I do want to expand my knowledge when it comes to R because that seems to be what's normal in the psychology job market now so I just want to be prepared and in a few weeks, I'll probably regret that on the podcast. <laughs> no, though, but so far, R doesn't seem too bad. So, as always, I always like, love to your thoughts and feelings on the podcast. So, you can also email me, connorwiley.net. You can always leave a comment at the show notes at connorwiley.net forward slash podcast. And you can always tweet me on Twitter at SciFiWhitely. Or leave a comment on the Facebook post at Connor Whiteley, psychology author. 
I always love to hear from all of you because it really helps make the podcast seem more like a, a conversation. And today's episode has been sponsored by my brand new book, Suicide Psychology. And yes, yeah, Social Psychology, Cognitive Psychology and Neuropsychology Guide to Suicide. So I have been wanting to do this book for so long because I love this topic. I am really, really passionate about it. Because even though it is a dark topic, I will not lie about that. There are so many myths about it. And it is these myths that do so much more damage. Because we should not be blaming suicidal people. We should be helping them. We should be helping them realise that that there's tons of great reasons to live. So this passion does come through in this book. And I think it's that passion that really helps the book to become lighter. And actually become enjoyable. Because I know. I really know how dark this topic can be. Yeah, but it's the darkness that makes this so important. And it's the myths that society creates about suicide. That damages them. And makes this such an uncomfortable topic. So in my normal typical um, style. Which I like to admit is, is always easy to read. Fun and conversational. We basically shine a light at this really dark topic. Just so we can beat back some of these myths. And just so with this book I can basically say to people. No that's not right. That's not actually what happens in a suicide. Stop blaming like these are people and actually help them. And it's that help that is just critical. So in this book you will learn so much about suicide. You will learn stuff about like, mental health conditions. And how that plays a role in it. You will learn how about myths. And basically so much great information. That really does draw on so many great subfields of like psychology. Because if you love social psychology, if you love neuroscience, if you love neuropsychology and so many more, this is the book for you because the book looks at all of these wonderful topics from the viewpoint of suicide. Because there are so many factors that this is why this is just such an interesting topic to read about. So as you can see, I'm passionate about it. I love it. So please definitely pick it up. So that is suicide psychology, a social psychology, neuropsychology and neuroscience guide to suicide. Available from all major ebook retailers and you can get the payback and hardback version from Amazon local bookstore or local library if you request it. And you can buy the ebook directly from me at payhip.com forward slash conwhitely. And buying from authors directly just helps them get more of the money and it supports them more on that parent to larger retailers. So that's enough for the personal update. Let's move on to the content part of the today's episode. So moving on to the content part of our today's episode. So we're going to be looking at five myths about suicide. And this is just a wonderful episode. Really impactful, really important. So let's just dive into it. The reason why this is the second chapter in the book is simply because I want to tackle a lot of utterly stupid myths 
by an hour just so we can get them out of the way and we can focus on the facts. Personally, I hate these myths with an utter passion because these are harmful, evil and just end up causing a lot more damage to people. And the entire point of this book is to help raise awareness and maybe help people too. To that end, this chapter will look at 12 myths in varying amounts of detail, just so we're moving forward, we are all on the same page, and we can all interpret this information without seeing it through any myths. Just like relax everyone, we're only going to be looking at 5 on this podcast episode. As well as, whilst I am extremely passionate about this area, I do completely understand if you do believe any of these myths, because they are so powerful in society, and they could easily be considered cultural norms in their own rights, because they're that strong in people's minds. And to be honest, just being up like volunteer, even though I also say this in the book, I have believed in these, and... So if you do like believe in these myths, that's fine. Fine though, it's just the process of of learning what the truth is. Suicide Myth 1 If you ask someone about suicidal thoughts, it may trigger them to act out. I fully admit that a bunch of these myths we will focus on again in different sections of the book, and this one does pop up later. However, for now, just to note that the research shows that that by asking someone about suicidal thoughts, it will not put any ideas in their head that aren't already there. As well as that suicidal people want to be asked about this, and that they want to know whether they matter, and that is a critical theme throughout the entire book. So asking out saves lives 99.9% of the time and if you're concerned about someone, ask. That's the biggest thing. Suicide Myth 2 People who talk about suicide never do it. Now this myth I do understand because in different areas of our social world it is often... The people that bang on about things are the ones that cannot carry it out. For example, the loudest people that praise how great they are tend to not be as great as people who don't praise their own achievements. And just things like that. However, when it comes to suicide, this is an extremely wrong myth. And this easily causes deaths. I'm willing to say that outright. Since when it comes to suicide, it is the people that do talk about it that are the people most likely to do it. And that's a major theme throughout the book. Therefore, if someone does tell you that they're going to self-harm or commit suicide, take it seriously and get them professional help. Suicide Myth 3 Suicide is Impulsive Act This is another myth that is completely wrong, and whilst there are sections of this book and research that are sort of support the idea of suicide is related to impulsivity, the vast, vast majority of suicides are planned down to the last detail, 
and suicidal people think about committing suicide for days, weeks, or even months, months before an attempt. So no, suicide is flat out not an impulsive act, and that thinking can harm people because it means others aren't looking out for the warning signs. And that's something else that we look at that we look at in the book. Suicide myth four: the elderly don't commit suicide. I suppose in some way I can sort of see the twisted logic behind this myth because I think other people would believe that because elderly people are well, they're elderly. They just might wait a few more years to die of natural causes. However, research shows that the elderly are most likely to complete suicide attempts successfully. And there are other facts that other groups don't always have. Like losing friends and being alone because they're dead, terminally ill, the pain and mobility issues associated with older age and more. We all need to remember that suicide is not specific to one group. Suicide can, right, can happen to anyone, even in a group with not a lot of extra risk factors. Suicide Myth 5 Minorities are most likely to commit suicide. So this is actually something we sort of talk about in a few chapters in the book. Whilst this seems like a perfectly logical argument at first, and it is true whether these minority groups have risk factors that make them more likely to commit suicide compared to others. It is actually white men that are most likely to commit suicide due to a range of factors. Most of which probably being down to men's inability to get professional help because of the personal and cultural factors as discussed in other chapters. So whilst I fully admit this was quite a quick podcast episode, the book does go on to talk about another seven myths about suicide and actually goes into a lot more depth about them though because what I wanted to do with that chapter was literally just get the myths out there, sort of counter them at least at a basic level though and then as I go through the book we actually talk about it a lot more and in a lot more depth so I love this book, I love this podcast episode because suicide it's just so critical. I really know how to, how bad it can be, so this is just really important to that we talk about it, and that uh, okay then, and that we actually change our minds about how bad it is and how negative that this can potentially be. So I really hope that you enjoyed today's episode, and that you got something out of it. I know that I did, like always. <laughs> And if you know someone who would enjoy today's episode, then please share it with them. I'm always really grateful grateful when you wonderful people help spread the word about the podcast. And definitely pick up Suicide Psychology, available in all the usual places. And you can buy the ebook directly from me at payhip.com forward slash Connor Whiteley. But if you didn't want to buy a book, be someone need to support the uh, podcast, then you can now buy me a coffee at buymeacoffee.com forward slash Conwhitely. So have a great day everyone, and I'll see you next time.
Thanks for listening today. I hope you found it helpful. Please remember to like the video and subscribe to the, the YouTube channel and follow the podcast on your favourite podcast app. And if you wanted to learn more, then please check out the backlist of the podcast episodes or my books at conwhiteley.net. So have a great day and I'll see you next time.